Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, Hammer, we'll start with this. Um, no Tatum tonight. Darren Fox's birthday. Night of a back-to-back for the Celtics. What is your early, what's your gut feeling on, on, on this game before it gets underway tonight? Yeah, this team looked dog-tired last night. Mm-hmm. Run them off the off the board mm-hmm. just like put your foot down run 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 uh, I don't think Al Horford's playing because he doesn't play in the second night of back-to-back mm-hmm. which means they don't have a heavyweight fighter to go against uh, to go against Sabonis unless we count to be as Kata so like I would love to see a one-on-one matchup all night long against Domas and Porzingis one thing that reminds me of too is last year um Celtics at Horford and Tatum, they were throwing them on Domas like all game um, last year. They won't have those guys this year, so we'll see what happens. I would even assume that Tatum would have defended Fox for a certain amount of time because yeah. yeah. they like to throw all kinds of mixes, but they still have great defenders like Drew Holiday, uh, Derek White's a good defender. Mm-hmm. You know, they can throw Brown on him. Like, is, yeah. yeah, they've got all kinds of like uh, matchup issues that you can throw at him, mm-hmm. but just don't get caught in, in the battle. If you're Fox, like there's a battle and then there's a war, win the war. Don't worry about the battle. Make your teammates better. Try You don't have to go for 50 because Jason Tatum's watching and he went three spots ahead of you in the draft. Just go out there and play your game. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Oh no, I think his game is to get 30, 35. That's his game this year. Like that's what he does. You know what I mean? And it's within the flow of the offense. It's part of the offense. Because right now he is one of the more unguardable players in the game today. What I would want to see him do, though, is I want to see him attacking. Like, don't settle for threes. Don't settle for jump shots. Uh, look to attack and, and get to the line. Even and, and when I say attack, that's in the half court. But get that ball off a miss, even off some makes. Attack the basket. Like you talked about, James, these guys played a, a tough game last night. Tired legs. Run. That's part of running them. Even if you... Got to take it out of after a made basket. Run up the floor. The thing that I don't want to see from the Kings today is I don't want to see a lot of flat fouls, which slows the game down and gives the Celtics the rest they may need tonight. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. They look like they lost their legs like mid-third quarter. And this is their, their third game in four nights. They're on a back-to-back, but third game in four nights. One of those games was in Boston. They flew all the way to the West Coast. They lose a, a tough game to Golden State in yeah. overtime. Like you could see them run out of gas mid mid third, uh, late third, early fourth, and the shots stop falling. 
that's that's who they are right now. So go out there and take advantage of the situation. Just like you know, Minnesota's not going to let you off the hook on Saturday. Right. Like you know that that back to back is coming for you. You got to get. You need two of these three wins right here. This is a yeah, a KC tough said. yeah, yeah a tough three game set. You need two of them, and you're better than at least two of these teams, in my opinion. Regardless of record, you're a matchup problem for them. You're better than them. Go out there and beat them. You think they they took they the Celtics? I think it was fifty eight threes last night. It's wild. It's probably part of a sign of being tired, right? It's easier to, to, to I think that was the flow of the game because the the Warriors shot fifty. Mm-hmm. But you think we see fifty eight shot attempts from them tonight? No. Like I asked, <laughs> I asked, uh, I asked Will Z earlier. You think we see a hundred threes between the two teams tonight, like we saw last night? I don't think so. No, I think the Kings are getting a game plan to take away the three. That's the Celtics' offense. Mm-hmm. They And they, they really don't have a, a true post-up player outside of Tatum. I mean, I don't like Porzingis as a as a true post-up player. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, they're going to have a tough time. Like, this is uh, – the Kings have got – they've got crushed by the Celtics too many times in recent years. You know they, they look at this. They've circled it. They, you know, they did not practice yesterday. They watched film. I'm not sure that I 100% believe that, uh, but this is a game where, like, the target is lined up for you. Like, just just stay focused, do what you do, don't worry about them, and you should have you should have the ability to beat this team without Tatum. The other thing about this whole situation, uh, not only this game, you take it one game at a time, but not only this game, but this stretch of three games. I think this team is ready for this moment. I think they are looking forward to this moment to prove that they're one of the elite teams in the league and they've got an opportunity in front of them right here to win two of three, maybe win all three and and make an early season statement that all the, I mean, not that they really care, but just maybe even prove to themselves and, and and just let put the league on notice that all the people thought it was a fluke or couldn't do it because of injuries and all this other stuff. No, we're for real. We're here. You're going to deal with this this year. They got an opportunity uh, to make that statement in the next three or four days. Yeah, and I would point out that the Kings are so far ahead of where they were last year. Like I, last year, they they got to seven games over 500 on like January 17th. So they really are trending the right direction. And when we got to last season, I know there were so many teams that we thought would tank for Victor Wembanyama. Not a lot of teams did. Like, if you look at this year's records of some of these teams, the bottom seven teams in the league are absolute garbage. They aren't trying, or at least they're not able to win. So when you're looking at, you know, I'll take Memphis and kind of cross them off that list, but Utah, Portland, San Antonio, Detroit, Washington, Charlotte, even I'm going to guess that Chicago, we can throw in that mix when they start to tear that thing apart. That means the Kings haven't even played these guys. Like, look at how many games that they can win in the second half of the season when the basketball gets real. This lines you up. If you start picking off these games right now, you ten and three at home, you can get to you know it, it, somehow you win all three and you're thirteen and three coming out of this, and you're what would that put you? Ten games over five hundred right now. It you would hope that even playing five hundred ball the rest of the season, you're already a playoff team without any question. But you could be a whole lot more than that. Yeah, I mean, even you know, you talked about three and zero. You mentioned two and one earlier, like twelve and four at home. 
Like that's a that's a good number. That's that's up there with the big boys. I don't I don't think Houston's going to maintain the eleven and one record that they have. I don't I don't think they're going to maintain that clip uh, in Houston. But when you look at Denver, Milwaukee, Boston, those are teams that have really really good home records. That's certainly what you want to see from 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 Sacramento as they you hope they take another step forward this year. I'm going to ask you the question because uh, it's obviously been a big few weeks for for Keegan Murray. I'm going to ask you a big few games for Keegan Murray. Uh, the question that Jesse asked us a second ago is what he's doing on the defensive end more surprising to you than what he's doing on the offensive end? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, because, you know, like I watch a lot of footage of him. I watched him play a lot in college and just randomly, uh, like during the season. Mm-hmm. And even like their big tournament, uh, I watched him play where he, he was like a 47, 40, I mean, 37, 38% three point shooter. And then he had a blow up couple of games, like towards the end of the season, which pushed, pushed him well over 40%. Um, I, I looked at him and everyone talked about his defensive prowess at that level. And it just did not look like it would translate. Like, we talked about it before, like his just like a, the shot blocking was never going to translate. No one is going to allow him to be a weak side shot blocker like he was at the college level. So we haven't seen the like 1.6 or 1.8 blocks per game like he was in college. But even like the motion, like his movement, he said, OK, he can be a league average, maybe a little bit better than that. Mm-hmm. I would not have put him at a plus defender at all. Mm-hmm. Then he goes into the offseason and he works out like a crazy man and the Kings really focused on leaning him down, um, letting him build up his upper body, but getting him stronger, but really working on flexibility, mobility. He comes in and he said, like, right away, like, I'm a better athlete right now than I was before. Mm. And I don't think I've ever, like, I've seen players improve and get more physical and all that stuff, but to have someone say, I'm just flat out a better athlete, Mm. that's weird. That doesn't usually happen when a player goes from his first season to his second season. They get better at shooting. They get better at the nuances of the game. They get stronger. They can add some weight, all that stuff. But have someone just flat out become a better athlete, and that's what we're seeing. It's not like he's a whole lot different than he was in college, except for he's just quicker. He he won't get burned time and time again by Steph Curry going to the basket like what we saw in the playoffs. He, he's just a better athlete. He can move quicker. He can get to the spot better. And I think that's the most surprising thing for me from this whole season. Although, like, again, he just dropped 47. That was pretty mm-hmm. surprising as well. <laughs> yeah. He, um, we talked about it a little bit before you came on, but, I mean, in, in the month of December, skewed a little bit by 47, but he's averaging 20.4 points per game, 4.9 rebounds, shooting 53% from the field and 51% from beyond the arc. And that's before we talk about what he's able to do on the defensive end. And like I said, it skewed a little bit by 47, by 12 or 15 from beyond the arc. But, I mean, this is a guy that's a mid-40s, going to be a mid-40s career three-point shooter, in my opinion, especially with the role that he plays in Sacramento, where it's going to be a lot of wide-open catch-and-shoot threes. I mean, I have no problem saying it. He's better than I thought he would be. And I thought he was a good prospect coming out of college. He's better as an offensive player, and he's way better – as a perimeter defensive player than I thought he would be. Yeah. Already. I mean, this is what the Kings kept kind of quietly saying. Like, this is going to be an all-star level player. And we haven't got there yet. I mean, it's been a week of him being like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's not like he's been this a whole season. He certainly took some time to adapt to 
I think both physically being like bigger and heavier than he was before. But then on top of that, like the just what it takes to defend like that on one end and go to the other end and still have your legs, his body's figuring it out. And that's something that, you know, we saw it last year with Monk and with Herter. Like, sure, they had played good minutes before on other teams, but they had never played the type of minutes that the Kings were asking them to do where they were playing as hard as they were, where they were running around in that offense as much as they were. And they just ran out of juice for certain portions of the season. They eventually figured it out and, and you know, finished strong. Uh, even, I mean, take Herter's playoffs out of the off the table. I mean, his mm-hmm. last two months, last six weeks of the season were really good. Um, but now we're seeing it with Keegan, who's a younger player who has this ability to, you know, show you something that you didn't think he had. So, yeah, I'm impressed. I Like, again, I think he changes. He's changed my mind 100%. Not just some, like, I didn't think he was a bad prospect. I didn't think he was a, a bad choice by the Kings. Mm-hmm. I just kept saying, like, you probably should have got something out of Detroit so they aren't sitting there snickering and acting like they got over on you on draft night and they got Jaden Ivey, the guy they wanted, and everyone in the league knew they wanted. Mm-hmm. Right? They didn't want to go get Keegan Murray. They wanted Jaden Ivey. Yeah, who's laughing now? <laughs> uh the Kings are. Yeah, the Kings are. But I would still I would still argue the Kings would have really been laughing if they had Keegan Murray and Sadiq Bay side by side and we didn't have to worry about that because, you know, they would have Well had... wasn't the problem with that was everyone knew that the Kings weren't taking Jaden Ivey, that they were taking Keegan Murray. Well, yeah, that's part of it, but like this is this is a game you gotta play. And like again, they let gotta that bluff better. Yes, yeah, for some reason I got out there because yeah. if you go back to the year before, no one, no one Knew mm-hmm. they were drafting Davion Mitchell. Mm-hmm. No one. Mm-hmm. Including Davion Mitchell, no. if I remember correctly. He never yeah. even met with them yeah. at all. Yeah, just wild. He told that story to Mark and uh, Chris Haynes. Mm-hmm. That guy, or I, I said that weird. Mark, uh, Mark Stein yeah. and Chris Haynes. Um, he was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I didn't even talk to Sacramento. <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah. Um, not Not – picking on these guys at some point do you have to know what you're getting from Harrison and Kevin Herter on a night-to-night basis because right now it feels like you don't sometimes it doesn't matter sometimes you get what you got from Harrison the other night against Washington sometimes you get what you get from Harrison a couple of nights ago does Mike have to know what he's getting from these guys well I think if we start pinning in Demonis Sabonis De'Aaron Fox and now Keegan Murray and Malik and Malik yeah if you got four players that you can write and pen what they're mm-hmm. going to do numbers wise, mm-hmm. then it's okay for this other group of four to kind of take turns. Okay, like I, I think that, and if that's the case, just to be completely honest, that makes them very, very movable. Not just like on the market, but in the Kings' eyes. Like if you don't, you can't really write down and know what they're going to get mm-hmm. on a nightly basis of what they're going to give you. Okay, you you can take a step back in talent, overall talent at that position to go get a better three and D version of those players without like a lot of trying. Feeling, sure. Yeah. So I mean again, if if they can't Kevin Herter's not averaging fifteen and pushing the envelope on who's your third or fourth best player, then you know, can you get player that just fits and really, really well defensively and, and is just more of a straight three and D guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The answer is yes, you can. Uh, that's things that we talked about yesterday I talked about it's like you looked at the just the way the game goes like if Keegan is this 21 point score or something like that 
Well, you're getting Keegan giving you 21. You get Domas giving you 18 to 25. You got Fox um, 28 to 32. Monk will come in with 15 um, to 20. You got all that guaranteed. Now, out of Barnes, Herter, and I'd say Trey Lyles, I just need one of you guys to have a good game. Mm-hmm. Like, I just need one of you guys. I don't care which one it is. One of you guys give me double digits. Give me, like, 11, and we're probably going to win 60% of our games. And then even you can take it a step further. If you have two, throw Sasha Vazenkov in there. If you have two of that group, give you 9 to 11, then you're really difficult to beat. Right. You're really difficult to beat, especially, like— and you can, like, on occasion, it could be a guy like Keon Ellis who surprises you and does— and has a 17-point game like he has. He's also had, like, a 10-point game, 12-point game. Like, those games, they don't look that huge on the, the stat sheet, but when you try to slow down all of these these really high-level scorers, you got three guys, four guys that can go for 30 on any given night. Mm-hmm. And this team might have six that can go for 30 on any given night. Mm-hmm. But then you have these other guys who, who hit you for seven or eight, but there's three of them that do it. That's just, it's nearly impossible to, to defend. A it's team one like of that. those things, like, because, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, all KC thinks about his offense. It's not the offense necessarily. It's, you guys got to understand how hard that is to, to go up against. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if every, Kevin Durant did a podcast about it. He's like, what do we do? Everybody can score. Like, mentally, the pressure that puts on you, not only on the defensive end, but to try to keep up with a team like that. That's a lot, you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean that defense doesn't matter. It just means, like, if you can get infinite firepower, that's that's going to be hard to beat. Well, I'd add, too, that, I mean, like to single out Kevin Durant, it's really tough when you're a team like the Suns and you got these two or three guys that are going to shoot all the shots. And so if they're hot, then they're going to win. But if they're not... Like, they've kind of taken the option of the other guys helping. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the beauty of the Kings. Like, Fox is going for 30 almost every night. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that this snarky comment he had to Sean uh, yes, uh, two days ago about, like, well, I'm consistently... Uh, I'm great every night. I'm great, uh, consistently yeah, great, great every yeah. night, right? <laughs> so, but he is. So, yeah. like, I, I'm not going to fault him for saying it. He's had, what, three games a season where he hasn't been? That's pretty good in, in 25 games or what he's played 20, right? Like he's been consistently great. Well, he's not the only guy. The Kings don't live and die just by what De'Aaron Fox does, where some of these other teams who have star players, Dallas Mavericks, they live and die with by Luka and Kyrie. The Kings are, are living and dying by like a whole bunch of guys, and it's okay to distribute it that way. Even, you know, Golden State. Like if Steph doesn't have that game that he had last night, they get absolutely run over mm-hmm. but the dude just keeps hitting threes there's nothing you can do about it and then you got Keon Ellis who just kind of balances a lot of this stuff we see on the on the defensive end now we talk about Keegan talk about De'Aaron talk about what those guys are doing defensively Keon you talk about having an opportunity or earning an opportunity getting an opportunity and taking advantage of it Keon can have a night where he's 0 for 2 mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter because like you know like Keon is impactful when he's out on the floor. He's one of the really cool King stories of the last couple of years. I totally agree, especially for a two-way player to have this type of impact and to steal somebody's rotational spot. 
and just like, look, this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, Brian Cruz in the chat, he brought up uh, Matisse Seibel. Like, that's the type of player I'm saying, like, look, if, if you don't have consistency from from Herter or Barnes, like, you can go swap these guys out and find players like Matisse Seibel, and you might have stumbled into one with Keon Ellis. Mm. Like, mm. I don't know that he is the pure lockdown individual defender that Matisse Seibel is, <clears throat> but his ability to get through screens, to fight through... Like what Mike Brown started, you know, he said, again, he's not Bruce Bowen, but the way that he can go over a screen and fight through it and have no problem, or he can go under a screen, but then zip right up and eat that space and and not allow a shooter to get a shot off, even going under the screen. He's like, that's what Bruce Bowen did. That's what made Bruce Bowen so great. Keon Ellis is showing that he can do that, plus... He brings a joy and an energy to the court that, you know, it doesn't matter what sport you play in. If you got one of those dudes on your bench, if Kenny's uh, basketball team has a kid who might not be as good as everybody else, but, man, he's fun and he's a joy and he leads the team huddle and he's grabbing other team teammates by the hand and, like, you know, they're all excited and, like, he's that guy, that's Keon. That, and that's what he's bringing. He's bringing just a, a good energy that I think Malik brings, but also we all know you can't bring it every day. And now you got two of them that can bring that type of energy off the bench. Some days you don't got it. Malik won't have it. Now you got a second guy who can just like, oh, I got you. I see we're, we're struggling right there and, and come in with a different energy. I can't imagine Malik Monk not coming in with energy. That's That's hard to believe. That's hard to believe. And if Kenny had a kid like Keon, he wouldn't play him. He ain't here for energy. You better get some buckets. Oh no, I need Kenny's it. team. Oh. I need energy, man. You need those kids, man. I need, I need, I need it. Well, it helps if you can get buckets. But <laughs> see, this is the, this is a funny thing about uh, about radio KC and, and Coach KC. You don't defend. I don't have a whole lot of spot free. I got people that can score. Mm. I can I can draw up a play to get anybody. Yeah, what if over. the kid says, "Hey, Dad, you didn't defend." I, <laughs> not, not speak. Not you know. Not, not. I used to be the glove dog, McClutch. Yeah, I was the glove. I was locked down. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was locked down. But then, you know, they needed me to score twenty five. I can't do. I can't do everything. Of course not. So, that's what happened. Okay. But yeah, you got to defend. Yeah, got to defend. That's Keon. Yeah. yeah. Is it as simple as Keon's taller than Davion? It can't be that, right? It's something else. Oh no, he's more. He's wiry. He's longer. Like at wingspan, it's not just that Davion isn't very tall. It's that he's he's built like Isaiah Thomas. He's like blocky and doesn't have long arms. Yeah, um, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah, you know, and Davion just keeps working and working out. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's built like a linebacker. That's tough to get through like a, a small space when someone's trying to set a screen on you when you're when you're built that like that like you want he wants to run someone over and fight through it mm-hmm. that's one way to get around the screen but Keon's doing it by being nimble and just mm-hmm. like there is something about being wiry being able to move that way like just being loose and the same thing with Fox like he's built more like Fox mm-hmm. and and so is Monk they're all kind of built that same way long arms wiry skinny ankles like money's got a type yeah money's got a type yeah understandable it works for me all three of those guys are good we'll come back 
I want to ask you some more about Keon Ellis, and we'll talk more about this game. It is the Kings and the Celtics tonight at the Golden One Center. Also, we're going to be outside. We're going to be downtown. Outside. We'll tell you all about it, it when we do them with KC. <laughs> I'm going to sound awfully stupid in about two hours if it don't stop raining. Stilo and KC brought to you by Sky River Casino here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. <laughs> what are you cackling at? <laughs> you got a response to your question, just the one word. <laughs> Maybe. Dot, 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 dot. Yeah, they're not Maybe. happy with me. Come on, y'all. It's love, y'all. Come on now. It's love. It's love. It's love. Come on, y'all. Don't do that. Don't do that, y'all. Don't do that. Mad at the teacher who's trying to. Keep class in order. It's love. It's love. We were talking about Keon Ellis Hammer there a second ago. Like, yeah, still early in the season, we're a quarter way through. Keon is, I think, had a had a games um, injured as well. We're kind of they're gonna make it. To, like, it's not he's not going to Stockton, is he? No, I don't think so. Like, they're gonna they got to come and he's gonna be a a player. Okay, so they have the they just signed. Juan Toscano Anderson, right. so if they're out of regular roster spots, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a non guaranteed deal. So we're going to pass a trade deadline and figure out what's happened, and then they'll figure out what they're going to do with Keon. We're normally about 50 games in by the trade deadline, right? Yeah, there's usually about 25, 27 games yeah. after the deadline. But I also think because he got injured, because he hasn't been for every single game, mm-hmm. that it's possible that Keon is. I, I don't know where he's at game-wise yeah. as of right now. It used to be the amount of days you were up with the team, mm-hmm. 50 days or 45 days. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's he's pushing more like uh, he's he's well above. And it's um, just games now. It's yeah, nothing, it's games it's games, That's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to guess what they'll do is they'll to the trade deadline, figure everything happen at the line. If they have to waive a player at that point, they will. If they have to waive a player because, say, you did like a three for or three for two and you opened up a spot, then you might have for both Juan Anderson and uh, and a player like Keon. But I think, I, I'm pretty sure that Keon is getting a full-fledged contract. And I don't think it'll be, they'll give him likely a contract, which will be the, it'll be a team option. He was inactive, according to basketball reference, for three games. 
he did not play in four additional others. I'm assuming those did not plays meant he was lost and his, his number didn't get called. Yeah, the DMP's counsel. He's in so uniform. Three. If 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 I'm reading correctly, there's three twenty-five that he was. Yeah, so Allison Marie says in the chat he's in games, but I think that's 18 games played. And it's not based yeah. off of games played. It's based yeah. off of games that are available on, on the roster. So, yeah, he's probably in the 20s, in, in the low 20s. Um, so they'll have to monitor that a little bit. But maybe you'd, I mean, like the way he's played and the way he's impacted the game, you might just get to the end of his two-way and say, look, you got to hang tight for a few days mm-hmm. until we get to a point where we can we get past February eighth. So I don't know how many games are between now and February eighth to actually make that judgment call. So it's it's interesting you brought up uh, JTA because when they signed him, the first thing I was thinking was like, oh, they they have an open roster spot, and like wasn't. I guess my thought was. I always thought that was going to be Keon's if it got converted. So where do they stand now with? With, say you get 50 games in and it's time to make a decision on Keon, do they have a roster spot or will somebody have to get cut? No, someone's going to have to get cut. Yeah, I, I mean, they waived Philip Petrusev, and that's what gave him the extra spot. But again, they had some sort of weird mechanism where they had to have a 15th rostered player in order to get their two-way players to have 150 games. So the two-way system is very strange. If you have less than 15 players on your roster – you get a combined 90 games for the season out of your two-way players. Mm-hmm. If you have 15 on your roster, you get 50 for all three for each of your three. Is that so to 150 dis- to discourage signing players to two-way contracts instead of full? Yeah, guaranteed yeah. contracts. Yeah, because the players union doesn't want yeah, to lose. Yeah, protects the players. Yeah, they don't want to add mm-hmm. a two-way player but lose a roster spot on mm-hmm. a main roster. I you got know, you. the the players union that wants, makes complete sense. They it's, want it's weird. But Fifteen players sense. on every roster, every single game. I mean, mm-hmm. you want as many paying union members as you can possibly get. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Let me see. Ham's counting. counting. <laughs> I think he's counting how many uh, players they have on two ways and the active roster. I would say. Which, what can you have? Twenty. No, they have twenty-five games until they get to the trade deadline. The trade trade oh, okay. deadline is is February eighth, so they should be so okay. What did, what did we just say for? He's. It, I believe uh, it's February eighth. He's it, he Keon is. It looks like he's at twenty-two. Uh, for just judging off the inactives versus the did not plays, he's at twenty-two games this season. Uh, so far, so that does put him in the kind of that. Hey, you may have to forty-seven games. That's where you're at. Yeah. So maybe that works. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it because it's hard because he doesn't feel like he doesn't feel like our man Terrence Davis who was showing out last night. He doesn't. Maybe. He doesn't feel like a like a hot hand. We're gonna ride this out when it doesn't work. We're gonna go back to Davion. It feels like, and you know we're fans of Davion. It feels like he just. He just deballed Davion's spot. He just took it. Yeah, he did. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's... It's not a back-and-forth thing. Like, he, he took no. it. And, and I'll keep making this point, and I kept making this point, and then Mike reiterated it the other night. Like, these bad games, when you have a bad game, mm-hmm. that is such an opportunity for someone who doesn't get to play in the rotation to go out on the court show that they can play the right way, do the right things. We've seen it. We saw Chemezi last year. Yeah. Matu. We even saw it um, from... from <laughs> that's a good... <laughs> All right. 
We've even Sorry, seen it. Like, we saw it from uh, Sasha Vazinkov when they were getting smoked by the Clippers. Sasha went in the game was like, look at how hard he's playing. Mm-hmm. He set up his teammates. He hit some threes. He's grabbing rebounds. He's acting like it's a regular, everyday, second quarter, minute stint where you got to go out there and play hard. And that's what they're looking for. Keon does it. He steps up. But my point would be that Davion has now had this opportunity in four or five games mm-hmm. and hasn't gone back out there and just stole the spot away. Yeah. And that's what you're waiting for. Like, hey, look, man, it's not like Keon Ellis is playing so incredibly well that he can't ever be replaced. No. You've had opportunities to go out there and and take the spot back, and you just haven't been able to. Yeah, I've been super impressed with Keon. And, you know, again, like he's a, he has so much, like, spirit about him. Like, he's just like a, an energy guy. It just, like, exudes out of him. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, you talked about Sasha a little bit and, and Keon as well. And we talked about Keegan earlier in the season and getting his legs under him. Is that a lot of what was going on in maybe the first month of these guys trying to get their legs under him? I'm talking about Sasha, get his NBA legs under him. Uh, Keegan being a two-way guy, having a little bit more of a responsibility. And now, as we get into the new year and get to the end of December, they get they have a they have a better feel of their bodies and the NBA in Sasha's case. And now you can kind of see a little bit more consistency. You think it's that simple with this team? You know where they're at right now. I think they had to play themselves into shape a little bit. You know, I don't I don't know why that is, but I feel like maybe they were going through so many things in training camp, so many different you know, changes in the offense and changes in the defense and really working on, you know, like technique and improvements that they may have missed a little bit of just making these dudes run. This is, it's not been the same season. Like I talked to you guys about it all last year. It was like, holy cow, we have practice every day. Like they practice, but we have to be there every day because they're practicing. That's not the case this season. Even like last night, I mean, yesterday, they they won on, on Monday, and then like right away, Mike said, "Yeah, we're not practicing tomorrow." Why do you think that all that is? Is it is it more? Because my thought, and you can tell me what you think, is like Mike might have looked at what happened last year, the way it went about it, the constant grind. Like they're not going to make it. Like the, that's there's a reason that doesn't happen all the time in the NBA. The immediate timeouts and everything. That's the reason Tom Thibodeau lost like two jobs. Yeah, right. And it, there's a part of me that believes like. He felt like, all right, they grew up a little bit last year and and learned some things. If they're going to make it where we want them to make it, I can't hold their hand all the time. They've got to, they've got they've got to do it themselves to a certain degree. So I can't have practice every day. I can't call a timeout after a five zero run or something like that. Like they're gonna have to learn to do these things on their own a little bit. Is you think that's the case? Yeah, I mean, Mike was clear. He doesn't coach in practice. I mean, he doesn't coach in games all that much. Like, he's not sitting there with his legs crossed, as Mark Jones likes to say, um, just sitting back watching. Uh, but he is, like, you do the work beforehand. And, and so you can you can make an adjustment. You can say, hey, player X isn't playing that well. I need to go more minutes here, less minutes here. So you're, you're making that type of mental adjustment. But I, I think, again, to get back to, like, youth sports, you know your team is good when you roll up and your players are all hanging out and talking, getting their shoes on, all that stuff. And then someone goes, hey, let's go. And 
a player says it, and the whole team gets up, they go get in their two lines, and they start going. Mm-hmm. And they start doing their drills and getting warmed up for a game, and they go through, and they go from one drill to the next. Someone's calling out, all right, you know, one touch, two touch as far as soccer. Like, that's when you're like, you see that? We didn't have to say anything. Coaches are sitting over there, like, drinking coffee, and you're watching your team, like, get in the mindset. So, like, I think there's a lot of that in the NBA where you're just like, okay, do they get it? Do I have to sit here and play, call plays the whole game? Because Mike said, like, I might call a play, like, once or twice a game. And then the King said in the game the other night, they ran the same play for seven minutes straight. Yeah. Like, all right, you can't stop us, so why would we stop doing? And that's another thing where you're like, man, the realization of players on the court to say, they can't stop this. Let's just keep doing it and see how they react. Okay, you can't stop it. <laughs> no, you're fine. Everything's fine. Everyone, James is safe, guys. James is safe. It's all right. Peace. We got you, James. We'll cover. This is what we do. We cover for you, James. You I couldn't sneeze. Get to the we button. got you. Go couldn't back. get to the button. I'm like, no, it's all go right. back to talking about hey. Mike Sirianni. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I mean, you guys get it, right? You're like, you're waiting for this team to figure it out, and and right now they're starting to figure out everything, and they're starting to get better and better and better. And that and, comes with Mike knowing these guys. That that, mm-hmm. that comes with the year of equity they have together. Yeah. Well, that and you've put the pos- the players in a position to succeed, and they know that, and they have found success. Now let's figure you out. Put them ways. in places of power too, mm. like De'Aaron, Domas, Malik. Hell, Keon, any of them. Oh yeah, to stand up and 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 correct something that they're not doing right. No, I totally agree. Like that's that's how this team is built, though. Like it's it's a tight knit family. Like I'm I'm really enjoying this last year and a half with these guys because mm. it's just so different. Like they really are. Like we were talking about it earlier. Um, there's that you know the story about Keegan and you know him spending all all summer with De'Aaron Fox, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not just talking about the basketball court. We're talking about like we all saw Uncle Keegs, yeah, Uncle Keegs, right? And we're seeing him push a stroller everywhere, right? <laughs> like Keegan Murray is a very like unique player. He's a player who spent his entire life with an identical twin, and then one of them went to the NBA and the other one didn't. And the other one stayed back in Iowa. And while that's happening, grandma had a medical emergency, right? And that was like very earth shattering for Keegan. And you could see early in the season him have some real struggles because he's having some some personal stuff off the court. Um, but then as we've seen this thing develop, like remember that like his parents are are back where you know where they live, and his dad coaches daughters in in high school basketball, and now his brothers in Portland, like. I don't know if there was a player like there are players that come to Sacramento all the time as rookies and they have, you know, sometimes their family members come out. I mean, you remember DeMarcus Cousins brought Andrew Rogers with him, right? Mm-hmm. Who is the um one of the the trainers at Kentucky. He brought him with him to to be like to help him with his daily life, to help him pay bills and learn how to teach him. I mean, DeMarcus didn't know how to drive. Mm-hmm. He didn't have his driver's license when he got to Sacramento. Nick Stauskas didn't have his driver's license. He he would walk from the apartments to the practice facility. You could see him walking across the parking lot to and from because the dude didn't have his driver's license. And so the the point I'll make with Keegan, it's not just that Keegan needed the support of a regular rookie where he needed some some people around him to like, hey, we got you here, keep shooting, right? Mm-hmm. He needed a family. 
because his family is busy and doing other things and he's a long ways away. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where you can see the foxes as a fan have like understood that and understood that, you know, he's a kid, he's an introvert and like to help bring him out of his shell, but also make him come in a situ situation here so he can develop the right and he can feel like there's a family uh, that he can rely on here. And it's not just about, it's about everything in life. And the other thing I bring is if anyone out there thinks that De'Aaron Fox would let them trade Keegan Murray, <laughs> that's just not it. Like, wouldn't let it happen. She'd be on the phone, like, cancel the trip. Like, these guys are that, our family. Adam! <laughs> hey! <laughs> Chris Paul Lakers, this thing. Hi, Adam. Hey. How you doing? This is Rissay. Um <laughs> But that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's, it's more than just, like, I, Mike Brown has created a culture here that was not here. And it starts with him and his coaching staff. You walk into a game and there are there are still there are babies everywhere. There there are one, two, three, four year olds everywhere. All of the assistant coaches have well, almost all of them have little kids. They're all there every single game. Got several. Jordy's got two. Luke Lauks, I think, has three. Uh, Dolkies like two or three. Like there's all of these kids. There's a there's one daycare in Sacramento has thirteen from the Sacramento Kings coaching staff slash. <laughs> Uh, tell, front office. So Doug and Jackie, more content for Jackie's show. <laughs> there it is. For late life, baby. Let's go, DC. Uh, no, on, Jackie. No. Oh, they got it. They, they they might have another grandbaby on the way. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. How many kids do they have? Uh, Jackie and Doug. Yeah. Well, they have. Well, they have three total. Three total. Okay. Yeah. I, I've met all of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Yeah, but I mean, awesome that's the family that's being built here, and you feel it. The players feel it. They all feel comfortable, and and so uh, Sabonis now has two babies at home. Uh, you've got Harris uh, has a little one. You got baby Rain. Like this is a they're growing there as a family. They're all around the same age, shared experience, having a great time playing basketball. But they also have family support in place for all of these players and for all of the coaches. They are built in support for each other, which is great. That's what's gonna make the parade so special. <laughs> The bus filled with babies. <laughs> right. The baby bus. <laughs> baby bus. The baby bus. <laughs> That's tremendous. Maybe a baby with all of the coach's kids. Hey, even Mike has happen. a grandbaby here. Mike, Mike has a grandbaby here, too, which he talks about all the time. It could happen. Mike, Mike definitely comes across like a proud grandpa. Oh, yeah. Like, he, like Mike comes across like he just loves, like, a grandpa more than he loves being a coach more than more than anything like he comes across like he's strong grandpa vibes from <laughs> from, from my well that his parents have dropped by there and his mom uh was in the last game and in, in the press conference dad was in the game before that and you know his mom like calls him and says mike spit out your gum like don't talk <laughs> to the media with gum in your mouth uh that's rude so there's that's so we've we've had her until this last game but yeah it, this is a family atmosphere and i, I think it's something that Again, it's unique because I've been here a long time covering this team. It's never felt like this, this particular vibe. Well, there's the family going Celtics. Well, family got to be the Celtics. Is baby somehow. Rain going <laughs> to put up a double-double tonight with Domas? Because we know Domas is going to put one up. Yeah. At minimum, he's going to put up a double-double. Have we gotten to the point where, because we know Domas just gets ignored. Domas just puts up 20, 13, and 8 on a night-to-night -night basis. No one cares. Have we hit that point with De'Aaron? It feels like the noise with De'Aaron was kind of loud to start the season, and now Keegan's had a hot two-week stretch, and it's like, ah, De'Aaron's old news. He's well, just he's just scoring 30 a game. That's what they do in power rankings. 
Yeah, I'm waiting well, for. That is what they do. That's facts. I'm waiting for like the Western Conference Player of the Week to come up, Keegan Murray, because then it'll be like, oh, you got some competition, mm-hmm. and and that's fun. Oh, and Fox and De'Aaron will absolutely. Well, I've won it four times. I guess. You yeah, like that huh, that's hey, his De'Aaron, first one. You're talking to the new Player of the Week in the Western <laughs> Conference. I think Jason Anderson asked Mike. He's he's something about. Um, he said, "Did you know that you're." Uh, Keegan Murray impersonation has a little Urkel in it. <laughs> and Mike's like, hmm, okay. Like, oh, wow. Keegan, Keegan, <laughs> I love Keegan so much. He does talk like he doesn't want you to hear him, nor does he really want to move his mouth. Like he just wants to get the whole pro. Like when he does the interviews, he's looking this way. This way, when, like the mm-hmm. headset interviews. Now, again, there's no one for him <laughs> right. to like look at. There's no one directly for him to look at. But he's off to this side, this side. He's just, just taking in the crowd. Oh, they're lighting the beam over here. Yeah. That's something I I haven't noticed because uh-huh. I never get to see well, those get interviews. To see him. Yeah. Right. I'll mention that because I, I've got friends there that just say, "Hey, can you tell the players to like look into the lens?" I told. Oh, Fox I can. I lucky, looking into the lens is hard. That's difficult. There, they unless there's someone like there. You it's know what I mean? not a camera on a stand. There's, there's no, someone. no, no. I mean, like it's I know still a, a little awkward. Yeah, thing. I know there's a person holding the camera, but it, unless there's like Mike and Deuce or Kyle or Morgan or whoever, they're they're up far away. Make a little fake Morgan and uh, just like stand next to the camera, <laughs> and the the player can talk and you know make it look like they're talking to them. Yeah. No, I mean that makes sense. Like, because it's really hard to just look straight Cause, at it. Because all you're doing camera. is you're listening. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, all right, I'm listening. Yeah, we, you know, we played hard. Mm-hmm. Like you're kind of yeah. talking to. Yeah. Them. Yeah, but I think the players no forget. And that, Keegan's thought bubble just says, "Just get this over with." Yeah, players forget though that there's a camera that's actually rolling. They're listening for the question. They're trying to think about what the question is. It's also is. probably really hard to hear because they're lighting the beam at the exact time that you're having this conversation. All right, let's count down. Five, four. I can't hear anything. Like, I, yeah. I, it, That's I, why I have I double. I don't I, I don't know what Mike said. Yeah, it's because I would be on the floor and they'd be asking, and you're like, I, man, I hope you're asking me the question that I think you're asking me, so I'm just going to go ahead and start answering it. And then one time I was on the floor at Oracle and someone knocked a chair over, a fold-up chair right next to me. Snap me out! I was shot, done, oh, absolutely. No. Like, well, like, I, I couldn't even. Yeah, James, just, are you okay? Back <laughs> James, to studio, James. Blink. It sounded James, like are you okay. It sounded oh, like no. a gunshot right next to me. It was like, oh, this thing's over. Just go back to studio. I'm shot now. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I also a... I did have a time when Jim Cosmore, while I was doing oh, a live hit no. on the set, no. walks right by the camera, and then someone goes, Jim, and he stops, and he's like. Camera's right here, and he turns, like, and his face is in the camera, and you're like, live hit, bro, live hit, right now. And he's like, oh, my bad. Like, well, there you probably go. not the worst thing, Jim. <laughs> no, right not. <laughs> Will you relax? I'm only laughing because you're laughing. Knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. He said his name. We were both like, well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, man. I hate learning about people. I know. <laughs> Not good. Not fun. <laughs> Not fun. What do y'all think? You think they can get it done? Yeah, they're winning tonight. Sorry, Justin. You think they can get it done? Drake bars. I know you don't make predictions. Will be lit. I think. I think they need to get it done. 
Like I again, De'Aaron Fox needs to look at look at the war. Don't look at the battle. Don't worry about who getting... told you that because I feel like you've said that a couple of times. Today. Yeah, Did because somebody whisper that line. To no, you? this is one of those things where he, you know, he wants to win the matchup so badly against Tatum, and we've seen it with other players. There are mm. certain players that Fox wants to go out and win the matchup. Like, don't worry about the matchup. Worry about the only thing that matters now. Like, three years ago when you were your team was bad, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Now, your team's not bad. You go out there and you figure out how to win the game. I right. honestly think he just wants to go out and beat Keegan at this point. <laughs> that he too. just wants to have you, a better he game. He won the matchup against SGA. Won the matchup yeah. and won the game. They could do that. Yeah, I mean, he won the game. That's all that matters. Didn't yeah. SGA have 43? Yeah, I thought they both have 43, 41. Oh, 43. 43 to 41. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, that's not really winning the battle. Yeah, it could have been 31. And <laughs> as long as, as long as the Kings got the dub, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. But yeah, that was that was a moment. We won't get that moment with Tatum tonight. Uh, but obviously, the Celtics are are stacked with players, man. And this is uh, the first that the Kings have have done what everyone has wanted them to do for the first three games of this homestand. Now it picks up. Business is about to pick up. Business about to pick up. As good old JR would say, it starts with the Celtics, uh, hits the Phoenix Suns on Friday, and then the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, on Saturday. But it is the Celtics tonight. Uh, We're headed out to the ice rink. That's where we'll be, uh, the ice rink. If you're on your way into the Golden One Center, come over and say hi. We will be the two idiots standing in the rain uh, under the KSFM tent. So uh, please come see us, and uh, we will see you. Uh, tomorrow, beginning at 10 a.m., James Ham, Kyle Matz, and the Insiders here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Vamos Kings like the beam. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 